Greetings and welcome to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship and the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. The topic for this week's program is, Do You Deserve Unconditional Love? Please welcome Rev. Thomas Perchlick. Do you deserve unconditional love? Do you? Do you deserve unconditional love? It's a difficult question. It's an unfair question because unconditional love is really something that we can't deserve. It comes to us without conditions. It comes to us unconditionally, free. But there is always some doubt that we deserve to be loved. And the idea of unconditional love seems impossible. My wife got me thinking about this back some Valentine's Day. I tried to be the best uh, I could be on a Valentine's Day. And at the very end of the day, I turned to her and I asked her, do you feel like I love you unconditionally? Of course, she knew I wasn't saying, do I always tolerate or enjoy everything she says or does? She knew that we had arguments and disagreements and difficulties. But as she thought about all that we had been through, she said, yes, I do think you love me unconditionally. And I thought, oh, good. <laughs> I did well. And I thought perhaps she'd ask me the same question. But in instead, she turned to me and said, do you love yourself unconditionally? And I had to think about that. I thought about all the ways I judge myself thought about all the times I didn't think I was worthy of being loved. There's something wrong about me. We live in a very conditional world. We live in a world where, of cause and effect, where we expect one thing to cause another. We live in a world where we expect that if we do a good job, that we should be rewarded or get a raise. And if we do a bad job, that we should be fired. We live in a a world where we don't expect people to just love us automatically. We're afraid of judgment. We're afraid of being rejected. We know that's how the world works. And there are those, when they hear about unconditional love, say, that doesn't exist. It's only a dream. It's only an ideal. Something that might inspire us to action, but it's never real. Some say it exists, but it's only very rare. But I would say... That unconditional love is at the very foundation of everything, the very foundation of all else. It is essential. It is creative. We do not deserve unconditional love, but it is ours. And each of us can claim it as our heritage. We lose sight of unconditional love. We lose sight in this world of judgment but it is behind all things and it is what makes all things possible. Of course, there are religious people who speak about unconditional love, but they really don't offer it. They really don't believe in it. I remember studying with a group of young Christian men. They were so friendly. It was great to be with them. The feeling of their community was wonderful. But when I told them that I wouldn't accept all of their doctrines, they became cool of course, they were still nice to me. They were still kind to me, but I knew that they no longer cared about me. They no longer cared for me. They did not love me. Their love was very conditional. 
And I know that within communities, if people do things that are wrong, people do things that are bad, the community, the church community will turn against them, drive them out, and will only accept them back if they have changed and reformed, not understanding that they must be loved unconditionally. Still, they must be judged. Certainly, judgment is essential. I was speaking about not being judgmental once, preaching a sermon about not being judgmental. Someone came up to me after a member of the congregation and asked me, well, is it actually possible to make judgments without being judgmental? The fact is that we must set conditions on people's behavior. We must set conditions on our own behavior. We must admit when we fail and do wrong. Oftentimes, political leaders or public leaders will try to avoid admitting their mistakes. They talk about uh, being sorry, but they're usually talking about being sorry for being caught or sorry that some sort of bad consequences came, but they do not really repent of their actions. It's important to hold those people accountable for what they do. Judgment is required. But you cannot have only retributive justice. You cannot have only vengeance. You cannot only punish people. There must be some larger source of reconciliation, of renewal, of restoration. So there's a deep problem within our society today. We, the American society, puts more of its citizens into jail at some point or another, a higher percentage than any other community in the world, and yet we do nothing to make sure that those people, when, when 90% of them come out of jail for drug infractions or anything else, we do nothing to make sure that they are reconciled to society, that they are returned into community. There is no reconciliation. There is no restoration, no restorative justice. We don't teach them how they can repair the damage that they have done. But beneath all of this, is an expectation that each of us has, that we be loved. And that's where it begins, within each of us. We must know that we are loved. Before we can ever extend love to others, before we can ever create a system of justice built on restorative love, transformative love, we must know it in our own lives. We must experience it in our own lives. As infants, each of us begins in an unconditional world. And love should be ours just for being. If we do not get love and attention, we do not develop. Infants that are not held and nurtured will not thrive and will fade and die. Those who get incomplete or inconsistent nurture will often not develop the essential parts of their human personality, features like empathy or a strong conscience, but if they are loved from the very beginning, unconditionally, if people care about them and show nurture to them, then that is the foundation on which all other love, care, compassion exists. In English, we only have this one word, love, and we have to put little modifiers on it, unconditional love or something else. But in Greek, one of the original languages of Christian scripture, there were several words for love, philo, uh, being that love between brotherly love, 
there was eros, which is the life-giving attraction between people. But above all of these was agape, that ideal. Some people say it's only at the top of the ladder. You can reach it only after climbing through the other kinds of love. And this may be true in terms of adult behavior, but on an experiential level, it is what comes first and is what is essential. Without its presence, all the other forms of love fall apart. Eros dissolves into craving, suffering, or lust. Phila, kind of love, brotherly love, will just generate into mere duty or self-serving manipulation of others. Only if we know what it means to be loved unconditionally can we understand what love is in its fullest form. The ancient Hindu teaching is that the divine resides within each and every sentient being. You will see people say the word namaste and bow to another. That means I honor the presence of divinity within you. The golden rule, love your neighbor as yourself, can be adapted as love another as you would want to be loved. Well, the Chinese philosopher said, don't do unto others what we don't want done unto ourselves. It's a way of saying, love even your enemies as you would love yourself. For example, we should never accept abuse, certainly not under the excuse that we're offering love to the one who's abusing us, just as we would not want to be abusive, just as we would not want to be cruel or hated by another person, so too we should not allow anyone else to be cruel, unjust, hated, to be an abuser. We should not stand for abuse. We need to understand that other person. We need to understand the the fear that's often behind abuse, the desire for control that's behind abuse, but that doesn't mean we tolerate it. It means we need to stand against the behavior, but in order to change that person, to turn an evil or abusive person into something good, in order to bring some restoration into human community, we must understand the foundation, which is this unconditional love. You can understand it as a gift that comes from the Creator, from Mother and Father God. Or you can understand it as the poet Mary Oliver did when she said she listened to the geese in the sky, the faithful trees, proclaiming your place in the family of things. The Latin poet Virgil said, Omnia vincit amor, love conquers all. However, the Greek pagan Sophocles evoked the power of love much more richly with these poetic lines. He said, love, unconquerable, waster of rich men, keeper of warm lights and all-night vigil in the soft face of a girl. Sea wanderer, forest visitor, even the pure immortals cannot escape you. And mortal man, in his one day's dusk, trembles before your glory. This love, unconditional, is the foundation of everything, and with it we can overcome any obstacle. Back in the 1800s, There was nothing that we could call mental health care. If you were considered insane, if you're considered mentally troubled by people, you were put in a prison, chained to a wall. And then there was a woman named Dorothea Dix who heard 
of the image of God and the unconditional love of God, and she decided to transform prisons into hospitals, lost souls into people with dignity, illness into a chance for healing. With love, judgment moved from being vindictive to redemptive, from labeling and categorizing to diagnosing and healing. This is the power of unconditional love. The Reverend Martin Luther King, when he looked at a world of warfare and racism, he said, I refuse to accept the idea that the isness of a man's present nature makes him morally incapable of reaching up for the oughtness that forever confronts him. I refuse to accept the cynical notion that nation after nation must spiral down a militaristic stairway into the hell of nuclear destruction. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality. The final word is love. There's a song that says, My life flows on in endless songs and speaks of a far-off hymn that sounds an echo in my soul and the truth that love is Lord of heaven and earth that sets us to singing. Claim this unconditional love. Seek it out and know it. And once you know that you deserve unconditional love, then you will understand how to grant it. Extend it to others. Thank you for listening to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship with content and financial support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie and technical support from radio stations WCRD and Work FM. Most importantly, we thank you, our listeners and followers, for your support. To connect with Converging Streams, including listening to our entire catalog of past programs, getting our latest new content, and making your own contribution to this program, visit our website, convergingstreams.org. Converging Streams is produced by Tony Piazza, George Wolfe, and Thomas Perchlick. Thank you for listening, and have a pleasant week.